0: Now, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We'll continue with our discussion of Srila Jiva Goswami's Paramatma Sundarva. We're in Anicheta 77. The effect exists in its cause. For the next few Anichetas, Srila Jiva Goswami is going to be a, bring to a conclusion his extensive explanation of the nature of the material energy being a real manifestation of the energy of the Supreme. This refutation of the misconception that the world is simply an illusion is of particular significance and he's brought this out extensively in this section of the Paramatma Sundarva. So this these next few anachetas kind of wrap that subject up in a very interesting manner. So, we went over this anacheta before, but we will read it again along with some of the commentary, which is rather terse but uh, contains some interesting points of logical understanding. Uh, not that there'll be a lot of retention of what's being presented here, but just to go over the logic is a fruitful exercise for us. So Jiva Goswami writes here in the 77th Anacheda, By negative inferential insight, vati reka, Sukha establishes that the effect also exists in the cause. Whatever is perceived according to its universal Samanya or particular, visesa characteristics is an illusion. And Jiva explains this half verse from the twelfth canto by Sukadev Goswami as follows. He unpacks it a little. The sense is as follows: If one if one argues that the universe did not previously exist, even in its subtle causal form, but that universality alone existed, meaning pure Brahman, and that alone was transformed by the causal potency into a specific form, namely that of the universe, then this is incorrect. This is because whatever is perceived according to its universal, unqualified, or particular qualified form is an illusion, that is to say, vivarta vad. According to the vivarta theory, pure Brahman alone appears as the universe through the potency of ignorance. This is not acceptable to us because parinamavad is based on the prior existence of a real effect in potential form in its real cause. And that is referred to as Sat Karyavad. So really what the Anucheta is bringing out is you can't see the cause and the effect as not having some direct relationship. Now this will this will really be brought home in the next Anothe. Uh, but the main point is Sukadev Goswami. And all these verses here in this section are from the discourse at the end of the Srimad Bhagavatam between Sukadev Goswami and Maharaj Pariksit. Jiva Goswami is quoting verses from the Bhagavatam here, which seem to be rather cryptic. Whatever is perceived according to its universal or particular characteristics is an illusion. What do you mean? You would naturally ask that. As we hear these verses, as Sukadev Goswami's discussion with Maharaj Pariksit progresses, and as Jiva Goswami brings out the meaning of these verses, it becomes clear there's there's a real message here about the fact that if you are seeing anything independent of its relationship with the supreme absolute truth you're not seeing at all and what you think you're seeing is simply an illusion not an illusion in the Viverta Vod way, but it's an illusion overall to think that anything can exist without its cause and that a true cause doesn't hold in itself potentiality. And the potentiality can effectuate a result. So that's really what's being said here in so many words. So the commentary is quite enlightening and we actually are going to read through it. In the previous anacheda, it was shown that the cause exists prior to its effect. When the cause is present, the effect manifests. This is called Anvaya, or positive concomitance. Conversely, when the cause is absent, the effect cannot be generated. This is called vyati reka, or negative concomitance. A cause is, therefore, defined as that by whose existence the effect occurs and by whose non existence the effect does not take place. Causes are of two types. The commentary continues. Vyatika, that which is known from the Vedas, and laukika, that which is known from empirical observation. We can either accept a cause based on authority, or we can accept as a cause something that we can experience in the phenomenal world with our senses. These two types of causes, either one that can be heard about, or understood from higher authority, the Veda, Vedic knowledge, or something that we do perceive. The first type is knowable only through positive inference, Anvaya, meaning only through the positive existence of the cause. The second type, however, can be understood from both positive and negative inference, Anvaya and Vyatireka. Now, if you remember, these words came up in the Tattvasandarbha when Jiva Goswami was presenting all the different ways that one can acquire knowledge, the different types of knowledge and the different logical approaches to acquiring knowledge. He ended up at the end of the discussion saying that, well, there's, there's really only one. All this logic and reason, if it holds anything, it only holds some value if it's seen in reference to Vedic knowledge. Otherwise, it really isn't going to lead you anywhere, ultimately. we just The capacity is not there to acquire knowledge which as of any significance unless it is descending. And then he goes into a lengthy presentation of, so if we're going to take descending knowledge, well, the, the, the Vedas are very vast and they contain many branches of wisdom, so which fruits should you go for if you're going to approach the Vedas because you recognize sensual knowledge derived from the senses and contemplated in relationship to the senses ultimately that kind of knowledge is is not going to stand up so here we're coming back to those kinds of logic and those those kinds of inferential logic all those i think there were 10 if memory serves me right 10 types of of method methods for attaining knowledge, even one where if it wasn't there you could inf- you could i mean they were they were kind of far out logical constructs that that have been developed over time, even the knowledge of having knowledge of something by its absence <laughs> so here the first type is knowable only through positive inference and via so, only by positive inference, only by positive statements from the Vedas can you know certain, know of something, a cause. And the other can be known from the senses, and that can be both negative and positive inference. Or, in other words, from either the presence or the absence of the cause. In other words, you can know because the cause of an effect is present before you, and you can see that the fire created light. Or, you can infer that there is a fire if you see light streaming into a room. There is some source for that light. We sit in a room, the sun, the fi- a ball of fire is, is burning in the sky, and we have light in the room, we can infer that there's something out there in the sky burning. And therefore we have light. It also burns. So it has other characteristics, but that's one of its characteristics. So we don't have to directly see the cause to know it. So that's Vyati negative inference. We can't see it, but we know it's there. So the, the cause may not be perceivable. Now this goes on to explain, this is interesting, Paramatma's causality is classed as Vyadika because he is knowable only through the Vedas. There is no possibility of Vyadireka In the case of Paramatma, because he is ever-existent, the cause is always there. In this, he goes on, in this connection, a doubt may be raised. That during the period of dissolution, there's no universe, the cause is existent, but there is no effect. Paramatma is present, but there is no universe. How then can it be said that there is an Advaya relation between Paramatma and the universe? Again, what is Anvaya? Positive. There is something there, so there should be a cause. Paramatma is existing. There's no universe. That's the objection. So how can you say he creates a universe if you have nothing to base that knowledge on, because there's no manifestation of a universe. Again, this is all mental exercise for us, because this does take us to a place of siddhanta. It's a matter of understanding all the logic, and if we can see this logic in the light that Jiva Goswami's placing upon it, then... Our understanding of, of the nature of Paramatma is is going to be greatly enhanced. There's not going to be much room, as we can see from the pounding the post. The post isn't going to move if we can just continue to, to let him bring these points home. And it does, so, so, to some extent, seem to be repetition and an over- overemphasis of the same point but look at it from the perspective in which he's presenting it he's presenting it utilizing different sections of the Srimad Bhagavatam as the primary sutras and then he's, he's, he's explaining those in relationship to the tattva he's trying to get across so these things exist and they've come up again and again in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's let the light of the Bhagavatam and he's used all the places in the Bhagavatam where light is shed on the subject that he's trying to convey to us. And he's bringing all of those sources of light from the Bhagavatam forward and saying, and look, here it is again. And here, and here, and here it doesn't seem like it is, but it's there too. Here, let me explain how it's there. It's quite an exercise that he's gone through. And with this much evidence, how, do the, how can the misconceptions stand in the light of so much evidence is another way that we can look at this, what appears to be repetition of the same subject again and again. It's because the Bhagavatam has brought it to light again and again for a very important reason. These things need to be fully comprehended beyond any doubt. And if you don't have the doubt, Jiva's going to raise it for you (laughs) and he's going to refute it for your benefit. Yes, preemptive. Very good. In this connection, a, a, the doubt may be raised that during the period of dissolution, the causes exist, but there is no effect. Paramatma is present, but there is no universe. How then can it be said that there is an Anvaya relation between Paramatma and the universe? In reply, it is pointed out that causes are of two types. Namely, the effective cause and the potential cause. The effective cause and the potential cause. In the first case, if the cause is present, then the effect must be immediately produced, as in the case of burning wood or as the sun, as we discussed. If the sun's there, you're going to have light. So it's immediately produced just by the presence of the cause, you experience the effect as in the case of burning wood that generates heat. In the second case, the cause has the potential to bring forth the effect, but does not do so unless certain conditions are satisfied. It's time for a creation. The time factor, Parma opened his eyes and it's time to create the universe again. There's a cause, there's an agent this is the case with wood that has not yet been lit. Although wood in its poten- is, the, is the potential source of heat, it does not manifest this potential unless it is set on fire. Similarly, Paramatma is the potential cause of the cosmos during the period of dissolution, and yet the latter is not brought forth until Paramatma intends it. Two types of cause and effect. One is immediately... There, whatever the cause is present, the effect is experienced. The other is, it's there in potential. The commentary goes on to explain that Jiva interprets this half-verse from Sukadeva Goswami in an unconventional manner. Then he goes into the word usage of samanya, which is samanya meaning universality. He doesn't treat that the way others may treat it. And he particularly treats it in a way where he equates Samanya with Brahman. He's doing it because what Sukadev Goswami said here, he said that both the cause and the effect are an illusion. They're both an illusion if they're not seen. Again, I'll read it whatever is perceived according to its universal or particular characteristics is an illusion. If you're seeing the cause without of its effect, then there's an illusion. It's, it, there's an illusion there. If you're seeing fire, but you're, you're not seeing that it has the effect, to heat, and give off light, then you're not really seeing fire for what it is, are you? That's what Sukadeva Goswami is saying. And similarly, if you're seeing heat and light and thinking that they came from, from nowhere, then you're not really having a, a full understanding of what is heat and light. Heat doesn't exist without a source. Light doesn't exist Without a source. That's really what Sukadev, although it sounds, that doesn't make sense to me at all, it does make sense. If you're willing to go into it, and that's what Jiva's taking us. See what Sukadev's going What what Jiva's, as pointed out in the commentary, he's using a very unique approach here, not conventional. Because he's using it to refute vivarta vad, he's basically saying if you're seeing the universality, you should see that as brahman. And this word samanya is is what's in the verse, and he's he has a particular take on it. He is again using this whole section to give us the proper understanding of parinama Vad versus vivartavad. Then the negative concomitance is described. I'll go to the conclusion of the commentary and then we'll go on to the next Anochetha which will really kind of bring this all into to a better perspective for us. Brahman is quality less And the same Brahman appears as the universe because of the power of ignorance. The half verse cited here states that such a thing is only an illusion. Brahman has no qualities, and at the same time, Brahman appears as the universe. Uh, That's an illusion, if you're thinking like that. Not only is that an illusion way of thinking, You're an illusion for thinking it. The half-verse cited here states that such a thing is only an illusion. If the universe is an illusion, then its cause, Brahman, must also be an illusion. Because an illusory effect cannot be the outcome of a real object. It's real. If there's a real sun, the light is real. There's not an illusion of light, there's real light. If the universe is illusion, then its cause, Brahman, must also be an illusion, because an illusory effect cannot be the outcome of a real object. An illusion is an illusion. It's nothing more than that. But, of course, Brahman is accepted as real in Vivartavad. They accept that that Brahman's real, but the world's an illusion. This implies that the universe must be real, for otherwise Brahman would be proven illusory. Since Brahman is accepted as real in both Vivartavad as well as Parinamavad, it is the latter that is acceptable on the basis of the Bhagavatam, verses cited here for it entails the principle of sakkayavad, which holds that nothing can come out of nothing. This next anoceda will continue in the same line. One may then ask whether one should not accordingly accept like arambavad and vivartavad that an effect comes into being without having existed before. What's arambavad? This is the idea that the effect doesn't need a cause. There can just be an effect. There's a philosophy out there that you don't have to have a cause. You can just have the result. It doesn't doesn't really make sense. But, and then vivartavad is the effect is an illusion. So what's that based on, the Rambavad? It's just a theory all this is just logical logical presentations it's a way that certain logicians arrive at conclusions and there's an there is a there's a way of looking at, at things wherein people say well, what do, why do you need a cause isn't the effect itself good enough for you why do you have to trace it back to something that had to come from somewhere it's here now just be happy just I don't say that about' not karma can't trace it well, we can trace it out. It has a it has a cause. You just don't know which which came first because neither came first. <laughs> you can't trace out the point in time that it began, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. In response, Sri Suka says to these two theories, Arambavad and Vivartavad. Since cause and effect are mutually dependent, everything that has a beginning and an end is without substantiality. If you have a a cause and effect, it's not substantial? If there's a beginning and an end. There's a perpetual relationship between cause and effect. They always exist. Now this is, you have to see where Jiva's going here. And where Sukadev Goswami's going here, you can't see anything as independent of its cause. What's the cause of everything? Paramatma in this instance, because we're talking about the material energy. If you're seeing it that way, it's, it does, doesn't work. That's what Sukadev's pointing out here. Since cause and effect are mutually dependent. Everything that has a beginning and an end it's insubstantial. Meaning that Paramahma was always there mm-hmm. and the material world always exists. Either manifest or unmanifest, it's there. So it's like the Never was there a time when you did not exist, nor I, nor all these kings, nor in the future, so any of us cease to be. You may be manifest or unmanifest. You may be in a, in, in a womb, or you may be on your deathbed, or you may not even be in a body. You may be going from one to another in your subtle body, or you the whole material cosmos be be wrapped up, but the potentiality for your manifestation is because you are such Chit Ananda. Now, these words, such and under, are going to be brought out as we go on here. But you can see there's some real some real knowledge here, but it's you have to think deeply to see what Sukadev's talking about. Otherwise, you're going to go, what is this sage saying? Because look at the last two statements. The one statement is, whatever is perceived according to its universal or particular characteristics is an illusion. Now he goes on to say, since cause and effect are mutually dependent, everything that has a beginning and an end is without substantiality. So in layman terms, just so I can try to understand here, uh, you're just saying like a body, a tree, an animal, all these are not substantial, but the soul is substantial. That's what you if you are seeing them as having a, a specific beginning and an end, then that kind of seeing is not substantial. It's not comprehensive seeing. Okay, so if I, okay, yeah, but so if I see, like, let's say I see a cow and I don't think of its end, is that what you're saying? All this is coming around to, we cannot see properly unless we see logically through Scripture. And here's some statements by Sukadev Goswami that seem to be illogical, but if you take them deeply and meditate on them and contemplate what he's trying to convey here, what he's conveying is, all seeing has to be done in relationship to the complete, absolute truth. Otherwise, your vision is insubstantial. Otherwise, you're just you. You don't have a comprehensive understanding. And if you have a comprehensive understanding, then that's real vision. Otherwise, my you are in the grips of illusion. So I was referring to that verse where. The Gita, which is eternal is real, which is not eternal, yes not yeah. mm-hmm. and that kind of goes along with what Ananana was saying mm-hmm. like a cow is not eternal the soul is the eternal. body yeah. so the, mm-hmm. the body is it's, it's not okay. substantial but the soul oh, is yeah. right it's without substanti- substantiality it doesn't stand up to the its true potential of in eternality. Right. Yep. It's a temporary manifestation of a jiva in a in a combination of different elements. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing it as ending, then you're not seeing what it really is. <laughs> and what it really is, it's 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 not a cow. <laughs> It's a manifestation of the Supreme Lord. And that kind of vision, what's that other verse from the Bhagavad Gita? One who sees the brahman, the cow, the dog, the dog eater. Jiva Goswami explains this verse in his own words in the Anucheda: That which has a beginning and an end, Or in other words, that which is an effect that did not exist before is without substantiality, meaning that it is indefinable either as real or as unreal. The reason for this is that if the effect did not pre-exist in potential form in the cause, then cause and effect would be subject to the defect of mutual dependence which is as follows, and this is the theory of mutual dependence, unless an effect is produced, the causality of substances, such as clay or an oyster shell, cannot be established, Or, and without establishing causality, the effect does not come into being. Therefore, Jiva goes on, to establish causality, one must accept that the cause has the power to produce an effect. And this power is nothing but the effect in a subtle potential state. This proves the existence of the effect in the cause. Yet, because raw materials like clay generate growth forms such as a pot and so on, their causality is proven. According to the Nyayakas. The great logicians, the effect is generated anew. And according to the Vivartavadis, it is only imagined. The effect is generated anew, meaning no cause. It's just, poof, there it is. Like the Big Bang Theory would be your arumbavad. The, the, the universe just, there was a bang. Where'd the bang come from? We don't need to worry, it just did, it It was. You would say, well, the cause of the universe is the Big Bang. Well, what caused the Big Bang? There was just a Big Bang. That's really what, what we're talking about here. Not being able to trace out what's the source. And the Vartavad traces the source to Brahman, but Brahman and the illusion that they attribute to, to the world have no relationship at all. If you establish a relationship between Brahman and illusory world, well then within the effect the characteristics of the cause are there, then Brahman's illusion? Yeah. Now you're now you're lost. Now the cause and the effect are both an illusion and you've lost Brahman. So everything that you're striving for by propounding your philosophy of Vivarta this Advaitin philosophy destroys the object of your of your whole spiritual endeavor. You want to become Brahman. You want Brahm-A-T, Paramat Paramatmeti, So some people want to become Brahman, but you're saying the the universe the universe is an illusion. Well, if the universe is an illusion, its source has to be an illusion. All this sadhana, all this practice, all this knowledge, all this yoga, all, the, you're, all this for an illusion, it's a lot of endeavor for a lot of nothing. <laughs> That's why the, the Vaishnavas just laugh at the Mayavadis and they keep them at a firm distance. If I'm going to buy into the fact that the world is simply an illusion, I'd rather be with a tiger in a cage than than hang out with people that think that way. That's the way the Vaishnav thinks. He's holding these kind of thoughts at bay. Now, unless we're sitting here discussing these thoughts under good guidance... Of someone like Jiva Goswami, who's putting it and saying, "Okay, let's look at this." You walk away from it, and it's just—it's—it's a, it's a joke. He's made it into a laughing stock for us. You can't make it into a laughing stock for the followers of Sankaracharya. They'll take you to task, and only if you have the logical the logic, reason, and scriptural authority to back up your arguments, there's every chance that they can defeat you. And even if you can't, well, because their whole theory is based on an illusion, they're great magicians, and they can put you into an illusion. Next class, we will continue to the 79th Anacheda, The universe cannot be explained independently of Paramatma, which is where we're really coming to here. Are there any questions? Thank you all for your association.